thorny as we venture into the R&R, two truths are consistent. We love our dear Montana state and we love great beer. And you know who else feels the same? Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Brewed in the heart of Montana in downtown Great Falls, Jeremiah Johnson takes Montana's finest ingredients to craft some of Montana's favorite beers. And now, Jeremiah Johnson's second tap room is open in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Their Citra IPA is probably one of my favorites, but we all know, Thorny, you're not the hop lover I am. You're more of a mountain man scotch ale. Well, Foley, I'm certainly not a mountain man, but you are right. I do love their mountain man scotch ale. But come game day, you and I are both cracking their golden bobcat pale ale. So when you're looking for a quality craft beer brewed with Montana roots, a relaxing tap room, or just a six-pack to take to your favorite bobcat tailgate, Jeremiah Johnson delivers. Make your next beer a Jeremiah Johnson, and as always, go Cats! If I had like a coma and I had just come out of January <laughs> and where Matt Miller was running the plays and I woke up and I wa- watched that, I would have been like, oh, Matt Miller's running the plays again. Yeah. So, Welcome everybody to the R&R CatCast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletes. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thorny, you just had the Bobcat Fall Brawl. We'll get into it here, but man, it felt good to have some Bobcat football back. It's going to be probably the only football we get, which I guess good news for me is you're probably going to end up owing me a six-pack on that one. But yeah, it's going to be the <laughs> only football we get this fall for the Bobcat sports. And yeah, it was I was way more excited for a scrimmage than I totally should be, especially considering how many players were Missing from it, but yeah, it was awesome watching some Bobcat football on television. Yeah, it felt different than a regular scrimmage, and we'll totally get into yeah, we'll totally get into that. Uh, but just kind of just a general outline for the show. That's pretty much all we have. We're going to talk about the Bobcat Fall Brawl, um, and we don't have anything else. So this one's going to be short and sweet, and we'll get it into you. And so hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoy it. We're recording this on Thursday, the fifteenth. Full disclosure: we did it. We did. We tried it on Tuesday, and the recording did not turn out well. The audio wasn't very good, so we're we're take two here. So, just letting everyone know for full disclosure. (laughs) Fun little story there. We're trying this again, and now we're even further away from the scrimmage. But (laughs) we're getting it out to you. We're still going to talk about it. Nice. First story. Let's talk about what's in our golden coolies. I have the classic Alaskan amber. One of my all-time favorite ambers. I love this beer. Just a good classic beer to always have in your fridge. Yeah, that's a solid one, isn't it? Yeah, I'd put it up there. Uh, Fat Tires, another good mass-produced amber. But, I mean, Bozo and Amber is probably my all-time favorite. But I'd already drank all those from Montana. So, <laughs> Alaskan Amber, here we are. You know, last week I had some Bozo and Amber. I was in Great Falls, actually, when I watched the scrimmage. And then I picked up a sixer of uh, the Jeremiah Johnson's Golden Bobcat Pale Ale for uh, the scrimmage. And then I also picked up a sixer of uh, the Bozo and Amber. And both delightful, right? Um, both didn't make it back to Spokane because it was, well, we just had some drinks over there in Great Falls. And so, but yeah, Bozo and Amber, what a solid beer that is as well. 
Hey, you got to drink the official Bobcat beer watching some Bobcat football. Nicely done, sir, with your Jeremiah <laughs> Johnson. I didn't have my golden coolie though. I was I was hoping to do that because it, that feels like the perfect like union of the R and R, Jeremiah Johnson and Bobcat football. Woo! Yeah, I'm excited for that to fully come to fruition in the spring. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun. All right, uh, Thorny, I got a beer from your neck of the woods over in Seattle, Red Hook, ESB. Can't say I'm a big fan, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It's an old beer, right? I mean, that's been around for. For a while, I used to work over at the Metal Art Country Club in Great Falls as a as a young kid when I was in high school. And I remember even back then in like the early 2000s and maybe even, like, you know, the late 90s, they had ESB on tap. And so it's been around for a while. Uh, the classic drinking in high school story. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like I remember, you know, I have to go in there and... Uh, <laughs> you know, order food or something and do something in the pro shop or, or not in the pro shop, but down there in the, the restaurant. And so you'd always talk to the cooks and whatnot. So you just recognized that was on there. So, yeah, I used to go to the, uh, oh my gosh, what was the sports bar way out by the, like the smelter, past the smelter, uh, the halftime halftime. Yeah. I, that's where I used to go when I was in high school, watch the, my Rams win the, a lot of the games and the Super Bowl season at the halftime sports bar. Yeah. They have some good breakfast out there. All right. Well, there's a there's a good uh, golden coolie story for you, and uh, we have to get those golden coolies out to our to our um to our listeners, and so we'll figure that out. It's been a weird year. I think we can all agree on that. And I mean, if we're excited to talk about a, a scrimmage, it's a it's a it's an odd year. So here we are. And, and uh, real quick about the golden coolies, you don't have to wait until we ask for golden coolie questions. You guys can ask us on Twitter, email us, or Submit through the website. I put a little uh, form up there for that anytime. And, uh, you know, if it's, and if we do an episode where it's a kind of a relevant question, we'll, we'll put it in there and uh, we'll give you a coolie for it. There you go. All right. Well, Ryan, let's get right into the Bobcat Fall Brawl. First, before we get into any kind of play analysis or musings on that, what did you think of just the name Bobcat Fall Brawl? It's too close to the Brawl of the Wild, which, I can't remember your stance on that. I've always liked it. I know a lot of people don't like it. I do, but a little too close to it. But since it's probably the only brawl we're going to get, I guess fall brawl works just fine. But yeah, it's kind of an odd name for a scrimmage. <laughs> well, like most things that Montana State does, I thought they did a nice job promoting it. I thought uh, the whole fundraising bit right before that Leon was pushing plant the flag was uh, well received. Um, do they announce a winner from that do- yet, by the way? What's that? Do they announce a winner for the raffle for the drawing me. for the? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not me. I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> no. I I don't know because I haven't been contacted, and I know you and I both donated. So if you haven't been contacted, I don't think we won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fall brawl is an interesting name, but uh, I, I just, like you said, the marketing department's just been killing it with the social yeah. media, and it was a good campaign, and it all came together, and I think it was a really good job. On Twitter, I don't pay attention as much to Facebook, but they do a great job on Twitter. You know what they do a really good job of is, in general, is their media. They have uh, their video guy, Jack, I think is Jack McMurray. I'm I'm probably saying that wrong, and I apologize, but, uh, or it might be Jake, but I think it's Jack. He does a great job of cutting up the videos, you know, making them look just 
exciting and they capture your attention. Like the one today that came out was uh, a shot of Elijah Elliott and the edit in there was just so clever. I just think they do such a good job at getting out content so quick and it just just hits home every time I see it. Yeah, the one where uh, he posed for a photograph and then like he did the uh, edited the video to go take up little pictures. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so nice job on that Montana State. I'm going to look that guy's name up right now so I can... Uh, well, I do know we're going to definitely talk more about Elijah Elliott. Yeah, let's talk about him real quick because since uh, uh, we we mentioned him, he was like one of the main guys I put down on my notes. Uh, a true freshman out of Portland, Oregon. He's running like an upperclassman already. And I was just super impressed with his his patience, his um, his burst to the hole. And he just looks like he has that 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 size and speed combo that, you know, Maybe like faster than even an Afonso, but almost the same size. So I, he just really flashed to me. Well, I don't know what you're talking about the size there. Elliot's only 175. I actually thought, I was thinking that he like he runs really hard for his size. And considering he's just a true freshman, he's going to put on some some weight, some muscle. But yeah, he runs very physical. He does run a lot like Afonso in that regard, at least in terms of being the physical back. And I was very impressed with his burst and his vision and his toughness. And he looks like he's going to be a great, great contributor to the team. Possibly, you know, if, if the Bobcats do play in the spring, I imagine he's going to get a lot of carries uh, and maybe even into the fall where he still gets four games and can still redshirt. So he's going to get a lot of playing time here in, in, in Bozeman. Well, let's riff a little bit on the, on the stable that is our running backs. What do you think just in general of the guys we have back there? I was, I wasn't going to be concerned when we lost Logan Jones to graduation, but you know, Logan Jones was just a special player. And I don't know if we have anyone who's going to do exactly what Logan Jones did because Logan Jones was just so fast. He was just a speedy back, but looking at the running backs, just the size, the physicality and just how deep they are. You got obviously Isaiah Vonze, one of the best in the country. I thought Lane Sumner looked really good. And I said, how can you keep Lane Sumner on the, off the field? I just don't see how you can. Demarius Hosey, I think is going to be a key player for us moving forward. He's probably the, he's the tall back. He's a physical back, just like all the other guys. And uh, who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. Yeah, we have a new one, Manaya Olivia. Manaya Olivia. We didn't get to see him too much. He got a few carries. I feel like I'm missing someone else, though. But, uh, you know, oh, Jahari Martin course that's who i was thinking of jamari martin yeah the recruited linebacker turned into running back wrecking bowling ball geez he looked like a load talk about a short yardage type back who's got a little bit of wiggle and some honestly he's got plenty of experience carrying the football he, pl- he played running back quite a bit in, in in high school so overall super impressed with our running backs i am not concerned at all with our running game no it's going to be one of the bright spots that we have on our team the, the Concern for me is we have like too many good guys back there. And I don't know if that's a bad thing, but when the season gets going, you know, how do you keep them all engaged if, if you're not getting your touches? And so, but you know, that you think about the spring season and then how it's a zero year for, for all of us, you know, that might turn the tables a little bit in their favor, given that we could just really play anybody right now and see who we have and really develop some young guys. And so, that might be something to look forward to in the spring, but uh, but that's to be determined. So we'll we'll wait on that. 
most impressive part to me is Afonso's the elder guy in the room already, <laughs> and he's just a junior. Yeah, those they're all freshmen and sophomores, so super young, super talented, super excited to see what they can do. You know, just to cap off the running back thing, one the guy that really jumps out to me is Demarius Hosey because he just looks like he has a different gear than everybody else back there. I mean, when he gets the ball. My eyes are just so glued on him. He is so fast and twitchy and shifty. It's just so much fun to watch him. I hope he gets some significant touches. He was a big producer for us in North Dakota State last year, which seems like almost an eon ago, right? But <laughs> yeah, so he's really. gonna be definitely a featured back in, you know. You know, if Fonse proves to stay healthy, he, he might not get that many touches, but you know, Fonse hasn't stayed healthy th- through his seasons and so um, I imagine Hosey's going to be a big part of what we do going forward. Agreed. Yeah, definitely agreed. I'm excited to see what he can do. And I got to say, our man, Jimmy Beal, you might have the easiest job on the team, buddy. Those are, <laughs> you got a talented group. <laughs> yeah. Hand the ball and just tell him to go. Yeah, right. Take care of business, Jimmy. Just take care of business. All right. What uh, else stood out to you from the from the scrimmage? What, what's the next thing you want to talk about? Yeah, let's get right into the quarterback play. That was probably the thing that we the were the main going, thing. Yeah, the thing we were all looking forward to because uh namely Matt McKay uh transferred from North Carolina State junior. Uh he transferred in. He was with the program last what winter already. So he went through last winter, he went through the summer, and now he's getting time. So but it was legitimately the first time we've seen him play. So we were gonna compare him, you know, most notably to Tucker Ovig. Uh, I'll get to those guys real quick, but uh, on the back end, just just shortly, I thought um, Casey Bauman looked much better, much improved as far as just hitting his receivers just with the command. I mean, his, his confidence level is really arm. good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's really making a case for himself again. And you know, I thought he did that last year in camp too, but then when we got into the games, it just was a little bit different for him. So I don't know if that's well. You know, if he's overcome that, I don't know if that's a confidence thing, but, you know, Casey looked really good. I really liked our young guys, Blake Thielen, and specifically Tommy Malott. And I'll get kind of into that, but I really wanted to see a little bit more of Tommy. They kept putting Tucker back in there, and I was like, I know what can, Tucker can do. He's been pretty consistent for us. He's a proven winner. And so I wanted to see Tommy Malott because Choate was, you know, on record that week saying Tommy Malott, Reminds him of a young Kellen Moore, a Boise State uh, quarterback, and now the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator. And that's really high praise. And so uh, I was like, okay, well, let's see this. You know, when he got in there, he had he has the speed, he has he has an arm, he has the touch. He he had some kind of t- uh, tough positions to start in. He started his first drive on on his own one, so it didn't really give him a lot of. Yeah, he didn't get a um, fair shake in terms of like, <laughs> no. yeah, positions and uh, just game situations for sure. No, in, in um, some situational stuff put him in like some weird plays, but uh, I, he didn't get any drives going. But you could just tell by watching him, he he has that it factor and um, just made me super excited for the future because, you know, I mean, he's he's one of those guys that just just catches your eye and. And you go, well, maybe he could make some moves. You know, he can be a guy that could surprise some guys and make some, uh, you know, he could start here sooner than later. I don't know. So come on, Tommy Malott, that's a, it's a kid from Butte. 
Montana. I know we're all excited for him, and I think the Bobcats got a good one in him. See, I disagree with you a little bit here. Like I, what I saw, yeah, he looked like there's some potential there, but I definitely didn't see enough during his limited playing time during the, the scrimmage to really think like, oh man, this guy should be pushing for a st- spot sometime soon. He's still years away in my opinion. He's not going to be touching a starting job until he's at least a sophomore in my well, opinion. I'm ex- super excited to see what he can do and I'm hoping he stays being a quarterback because that's something that the Bobcats haven't had a Montana quarterback since you know a long time. We Obviously we had Jake Bleskin I guess, but for like a two starting quarterback for like a season or two like I don't even know when that's been but uh, overall, like I was pretty impressed with, like you said, Casey Bauman. I thought he looked really good. Tucker Rovig, you said you would have liked to see more Malat over Rovig. Well, you got, I'm going to quote Jeff Choate here. The only way you get better at football is playing football there fully. <laughs> so if Rovig's still going to be the guy that you think is going to be at least in the mix, he's got to get the snaps. He just, he just has to. And I thought Rovig looked pretty good. And I was actually pretty impressed with Matt McKay after he got over his kind of initial jitters with some, uh, a pretty uh, overthrown ball, we'll say, on his first attempt as a Bobcat in any situation I've seen where he overthrew a light, wide open, uh, was, was it Lance McCutcheon? I don't even know who it was, but a good 10 yards over a guy with nobody within 10 yards of him. So <laughs> yeah. not a great start, but I understand it was pretty windy, pretty uh, swirling wind, and your first throw in however long as a quarterback. So totally understandable to be a little amped up for that. But quarterback room. I thought I thought it was pretty impressive. I thought they all did a really good job extending plays, keeping their eyes downfield. They're all big, strong guys. Bomb and, and Tucker Rovick both got out of would-be sacks with their just the brute strength, and I thought they did a really good job of that. McKay, McKay obviously, the most dynamic in terms of his running ability. Overall, I don't know if I came away knowing any more about the quarterback room than I did before the scrimmage, but at least now I've seen some guys and... I, I don't have any answers on who I think is going to be starting at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a scrimmage really. And it's, it's something I know Jeff Choate said, he's not going to make any decisions based off this. And I thought the top, the top two quarterbacks, Rovig and McKay both had some pluses and minuses. Rovig to me seems like kind of like an old car kind of starts slow, kind of sputters a little bit, but then once the, <laughs> once the game gets going, sorry, Tucker, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, you know, and the, the engine starts warming up and feeling it and Tucker starts making plays. And he's like that during a season too. Yeah. You know, he's definitely like a bit more of a rhythm quarterback for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's the first time I saw Matt McKay too. You know, I like his um, elusiveness, the, the ability to keep a play alive. But like you said, I mean, he overthrew um, McCutcheon by like a country mile there. The first play, <laughs> like he was wide open, and uh, so then at the the two minute drill when they could actually go into tempo, and that's the that's the best drive McKay had early at the very end there. So, yeah, um, great. Yeah, there was that was the best I think drive any of the quarterbacks had all day was McKay's kind of two minute drill type drive there at the end. Well, and I they, thought it they was pretty well the, executed. They allowed the Bobcats to go into tempo within uh, the last four minutes. And I think that suits him better. Uh, but, but again, he missed uh, Lance McCutcheon at least twice on that drive when McCutcheon found space uh, in the zone. And then in the like second to the last play, he was wide open in the back of the end zone and just, he just sailed it over his head. And those it seemed plays- like there was a few Bobcats that were open in the end zone and McKay just couldn't quite see them. 
It yeah. was definitely, a, I don't know if the vision or what was going on there, but yeah, he ended up throwing the interception there at the very last second, but it seemed like there was a couple of throws he could have made before that throw. I think I'm being critical, but we haven't seen a quarterback at Montana State in a hot minute who can just make consistent throws like that. Uh, if I look back and just speaking on the Bobcat Brawl 2020, this this uh, scrimmage we're talking about, the best, the most accurate quarterback that I saw was quarterback out of Great Falls, Montana, Blake Thielen. And he's not going to see the field anytime soon. So but he's a no, he, he did look pretty good. He definitely has a pretty uh, slow, high release. But yeah, he was definitely the most, probably the most <laughs> accurate throwing the ball of anybody. Yeah. I don't know. So I feel a little bit frustrated because it's like we're still kind of in the same place we've always been with our quarterbacks underneath Jeff Choate. It's just kind of like a waiting game. And and to be honest, I don't think Jeff Choate's ever going to play just one quarterback. I don't think we're going to. Oh, uh, don't him. say that. Don't say that. <laughs> well, why do you th- why do you say that? You know I mean, I don't know. I mean, unless his name <laughs> is Troy Anderson, right? So, <laughs> you know, but. So I don't I don't mind rotating, but if you're just rotating just to rotate, that's the problem. It's if you're just like, all right, if you're gonna go into a game and have an X amount of snaps that you're gonna do, you gotta at some point throw it out the window. If your quarterback is lighting it up, throwing the ball, don't take him out. But I I have no problem with two quarterbacks or whatever. Speaking of which, uh, what do you think of Derek Snell running the Wildcat quarterback? I did not expect to see that. Shift gears on you real quick here. Well, yeah, I want to get back to Choth here in a moment, but uh, yes, that I was like, who? Is it, <laughs> yeah, know? I was like, who's that guy? Who's that big white guy back there? <laughs> Derek Snell. I didn't, I didn't expect him to be taking snaps. <laughs> no, 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 no. He looked yeah. pretty good around the ball, though. Like, I think he's got some abilities there. He's not going to bust off any 50 yard touchdown runs, but he'll get you eight, 10 yards. But he's got enough quickness and burst, and he'll, he'll finish the run falling forward. That's for sure. So I was pretty impressed with that. I mean, guys. We've been kind of talking about is the wild quarterback dead at MSU? Not necessarily because Justin Udy might not want to do it, but who is going to do it? Well, we just found a guy who can. Yeah, he's not a guy I would want to t- tackle. He's a he's a load. So no, I thought it was R.J. Fitzgerald at first, but I love that guy. <laughs> who I wouldn't want to tackle either. But yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want to tackle either one of those guys. Um, All right, so you wanted to circle back to Jeff Choate? Yeah, so quarterback. He- I did write down a quote from Choate. He, he had a, it was in the presser. He said, we need the guy, and speaking of quarterback, he said, we need a guy to take the next step. So when we go into Fargo, he's going to be able to operate when they pack the box and take the run game away. And we have some matchups on the perimeter that we are favorable for us to take advantage of. I mean, North Coast State's just camped out. He, I mean, has some really good real estate in Jeff Choate's mind. And so I, but I think Jeff Choate's completely on it right here. Like, our passing game is not good enough right now. Our quarterback play is not good enough. Maybe it's the offensive calling. I mean, we could riff on this for a while. Is maybe not dynamic enough to beat Montana or excuse me, to beat uh, North Dakota State. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna. We know it doesn't have over. to be dynamic to beat Montana. <laughs> yeah, they run the ball seventy times, win the game. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, making me laugh there, Thorny. Um, Sorry. but. Uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, if you think about this, like we're going to run the ball and we can cover up our deficits against these mid-tier teams, specifically in the big sky. But when we actually get to these elite level games, like I like the North Dakota States and, and whatnot, we need to be able to pass the ball, not just on third down, but on second down, first down. We need to be able to be unpredictable and not as predictable because he said, like Jeff Tote said, they're going to take a run game away. We have a great run game. 
But when you're facing the national champion, North Dakota State, and those dudes that they have, you know, we have to be able to be different in a way that they're not predicting. What and you can't of, just pull it out at North Dakota State. You have to practice that throughout the season. Kind of strain away from the scrimmage here. I mean, this is a whole episode. Yeah. We could always, I, I mean, we could talk a whole episode about the running backs, whole episode <laughs> about the quarterbacks. Okay. But to kind of, to kind of, fair enough. To kind of sum up your, or say one thing about the point you just made that's absolutely true. Obviously, North NDSU is in Choate's head as it should be. They're the, they are the Cadillac. They're beating everyone. So it's who you got to aspire to beat. But if you're looking at it from that angle, Matt McKay might be the only quarterback the Cats have had in a while who can make a play when things break down. So in that regard, like if you're looking for for something different, a little bit extra, I mean, maybe Matt McKay is going to be the guy who ends up winning the job solely on the fact that he can be he can create when things don't go to script. Yeah, I can see that because I don't I don't really think. Rovig or Bauman at this stage can do that. Yeah. It's a good so, point, Brian. It's a good point. What'd you think of, uh, let's switch gears here. what do you think of the, I'm kind of curious. what do you think about the wide receiver group? One guy that stood out to me besides Lance McCutcheon, and I'm glad Lance McCutcheon got some targets. That's always been. He seems like he's going to be the feature wide receiver. And that yeah, makes me he, excited. Yeah. He, it's always a sticky point for me. Just throw the ball to Lance. Come on. Just people. throw it to Lance. <laughs> Jaden Smith, man, he just looks like a different cat out there. He's 6'5", all of 6'5", and uh, we're going to be throwing the ball to him a lot. I know he got a lot of targets in the game as well. Uh, we're super excited about him. And Ryan, help me out. Who's our speeder, speedster that we have? Uh, early enrollee, uh, Brown, what's his first name? You should be able to know this. Basically, just think Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Classic Charlie Brown. His name is Charles Brown. I don't know if it goes by Charlie, but just think Charlie Brown. It will make you remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Charles Brown from Texas. Yeah. He's definitely the speedster. It's cousin of, is it, is it Jane Smith? Is that his cousin? I think he's so. got a cousin. Yeah. But uh, yeah, either way. Yeah. He's going to be the, the speedster. I'm excited to see what he can do. Yep. So we're going to have a guy take off the top and then we have the six, five guy on the outside and then reliable Lance McCutcheon. Lance McCutcheon's poised to take a next step. He has to take the next step for a, for him in general, he's been stuck in mediocrity land for a while. So uh, he has yeah, the not necessarily his own fault, but yeah. he, and there's not a lot of opportunities to catch passes to miss you. And when you got guys like Travis Johnson and, and Kevin Cassis ahead of you, I mean, it's not a whole lot of <laughs> room there. Yeah. So except when Johnson is quarterback, I digress. So that's yeah, my thoughts on the receivers. I'm excited to see Jaden Smith. He he flashed. I mean, it's, he's hard to miss because he's so big. Lance McCutcheon, I was excited to see get some balls. And um, Charles Smith, yeah, he's he's got the speed that kind of like a la Justin Page. Remember Justin Page, how he could just yeah. take the top off the off the defense. He had some trouble catching the ball, but uh, hopefully Charles <laughs> Brown is <laughs> a little bit more uh, dynamic in that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll echo everything you said. I agree with everything you said. Um, I would have liked to seen more out of some other guys down the depth chart that maybe younger guys that were been excited about, like Peyton Hanser or, or stuff like that. But we didn't see a whole lot from the wide receiver core. Uh, Coy Steele looked like good old Coy Steele did last year. I think he's going to have a good year. And this is definitely like, I know you've been critical of Willie Patterson on the on the podcast. It's definitely like a year for him 
kind of a make it or break it year. He's got to step up. Like if he's going to be a productive wide receiver, you know, this is the year he's got to take that next step. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm he has I'm the physical also- tools to do so. And I, I hope he does. <laughs> yeah. I'm ruined for him. I just want him to step up when it's uh, game time. And uh, I think he yeah, can. he's also got to stay healthy. The poor guy just can't stay healthy. Either. Yeah. Never That's, fun. Yeah. All right. Well, overall offense, let's wrap that up. Uh, what did you think? Did we learn anything? about Justin Udy in this scrimmage. <laughs> you know, I don't think I don't think much. I saw the diamond formation again. I was happy to see the di- diamond formation in the I back. love the diamond formation. That suits us. Yeah, and I think that Montana State does such a good job of running out different formations and running very similar concepts but confusing defenses with their formations and so uh, that didn't seem all that different for me. It but if you we didn't do told, a whole lot of pre-snap stuff, though, either in this in yeah. scrimmage, it didn't seem like the stuff that confuses the def- uh, opposing defenses and gets everyone misaligned. We didn't really do much of that. It didn't seem. But there was zero times during the scrimmage where I was like, well, that's new. I didn't see that. So, like, uh, not much. So, just oh, me, Matt, Matt I Miller still know ro- nothing it, about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, Matt Miller, he, he added the rollout. I mean, that was maybe the only thing I really <laughs> saw a whole lot different. The designed rollout. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't know if I learned too much. I don't know if we're going to learn too much. I don't know how much Yudi's going to be able to fully implement anything he wants to do, or if it's going to be like, he's just going to do what Jeff Choate wants. Who knows? We don't know yet. But uh, regardless, it look, you know, doing what we've been doing has been working. We de- definitely got to get better passing the ball. So hopefully there's some more wrinkles. But overall, yeah, I don't think we learned a whole lot about what Justin Udy's going to do at MSU. Wouldn't that be the worst if Justin Udy goes into the season and he he's put in all the work to to make his game plans and then in his ear, Jeff Choate's calling the plays? That would be like... I don't think Jeff Choate's going to call the plays, but he's going <laughs> to... He would say, like, you know, we're going to run the ball 75% of the time, and these are the packages. We're going to run it out of... <laughs> you get to choose. Here's, here's your six plays. Like Tech Mobile, you got, like, the six plays on your screen. <laughs> just different you know, ways to 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 mask it. I would be interested to know kind of like the arc of his trust with Matt Miller. I know he trusts Matt Miller early, and uh, I, I wonder how much influence he had on Matt Miller's play calling, and if it changed over uh, the time Matt Miller was our offensive coordinator. So yeah, Justin Uni still a man of mystery for Montana State. <laughs> Yep, we need to get him on the podcast. Then we can get some answers. All right, we'll do that. So, offensively, we were missing some guys on the offensive line. Where Isaiah Infonze was limited. Other than that, the offense seemed pretty fully staffed, if you will. But the defense, that's where we were, a lot of guys didn't end up playing. Amandre Williams set out. Uh, Chase Benson set out. John Clark, the new transfer from UW, set out. Greg Filer wasn't there. Who, who, who am I? Uh, Troy Anderson wasn't there. I mean, you're missing a ton of dudes on the defense. So Daniel with Hardy. that, what's that? Daniel yeah, Daniel. Hardy. Yeah, Daniel Hardy didn't uh, set out too. So like, basically, five starters at least were weren't there. So keeping that in mind, what did you think of the defensive defense uh, performance? Anything stand out to you on the defensive side of the ball? Just some young guys. I mean, Danny U, Danny Ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> that, and Tayden Gilman, the linebacking core just flashed to me. They were faster. They were they were uh, fierce in the backfield. 
I, I liked what I saw. I mean, specifically, Dan, Danny Yu, and I, I'm going to learn your name. We're going to get it right, Danny. I, I just I just <laughs> followed you on Instagram, and so I'm, I'm practicing, but I still don't know if I have it down, so I'm not going to say it right now. But, man, you, sir, you flashed, and I'm, I'm just happy you chose Montana State because you're showing a lot of promise. You picked off uh, uh, Casey Baum in there. And he just seemed to be like Johnny on the spot. So. Really impressed with that kid. You know who else I was impressed with, but it didn't surprise me one bit that I was impressed with? Ty Okada. He is just emerging as his leader. Kind of like that Derek Marks role. Remember Derek Marks? You never just heard of him. He just he just showed up all the time because of his play. Just he was always so consistent. And that's Ty Okada for this this 2020 season. I, I think Ty Okada is a bit more of a vocal leader at this point than Marks ever really was, though. Yeah. Which is good. Oh, That's a good Derek thing. Marks. That guy is so good. I, I miss yeah. Derek Marks. I I miss his leadership. And I and I think Bobcats are doing good. I say I miss his leadership. I don't know what he, I don't even know what that <laughs> means, but I just miss Derek Marks. He was such a He's a you know, just a good ambassador. He's a special Bobcat, man. Sorry. I just had to say that about Derek Marks there for a moment. But yeah, Ty Okada is emerging as one of my favorite Bobcats. Yeah, I definitely Cleaned a dude out on the on the flat, just like you did during Louis McGee in the in the, in the brawl last year. Caught yeah. the ball and just took him right down. So classic Okada. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm, I feel I've came away feeling like the safety is in good hands with Okada and Jeffrey Manning. Looked like he, I mean, looked like the FBS guy that you kind of expect. You never really know what you're gonna get the FBS guy. Um, he looked. He's obviously got the physical tools, the size, and all that stuff. But he came away with a nice interception. It was an aggressive interception. He basically like ran through the wide receiver to get the ball. Mm-hmm. So I was excited to see maybe that's kind of his mentality, the more aggressive, ball hawking type guy, kind of like Shockway Allen was. So I'm, I was excited to see Jeffrey Manning. So I think I came away thinking that the safety, the secondary in general, is going to be pretty good considering the losses that they had. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, Tatum Gilman was another guy that flashed to me. He was a tackling machine, specifically in space. So, yeah, he had two tackles for a loss. And I just remember seeing him and hearing his name. I was like, man, Gilman. And then when I was tweeting, I took over the tweeting duties of, <laughs> <laughs> of the game. And so yeah. if you guys I'm saw not sure that- everyone knows, but I, I Thorny, typically do. Well, all of the social media, but fully text me. He's like, you should be live tweeting. And I'm sitting there like, just not having it. Like, no, just straight. No, <laughs> no explanation. <laughs> He's like, well, give me the login information. I'll go do it. So fully took over, did a great job. Carry on. Continue your story. <laughs> yeah. But, the, you know, so I was just, the responses to the good, the bad, the ugly. A lot of people were putting Titan Gilman as part of the good. And I would totally agree. The guy, the guy had a day, so happy for him. I thought overall the linebackers looked really good, considering Hardy and Troy aren't out there. Like they looked really good. Like Tatum Gillum looked good. Nolan Askelson looked good. I just thought the group looked solid, and Dan- Danny, you obviously part of that. And they were flying around. They looked more, more uh, physical, more decisive. And uh, Michael Jobin can't can't go out without saying Michael Jobin, who had interception. I thought it looked really good. Just a uh, and it was a funny story here. And Jamari Martin, uh, Martin tell tell the uh, the reporter that his first welcome to college hit was from Michael Jobman. Jobman's a big dude, so <laughs> definitely wouldn't want to be 
crushed by him. What is Jobman? He's like six five, isn't he? He's like one of the taller yeah. linebackers. Yeah, he is. Six six five, two fifty is what he is on the roster right now. Holy cow. Uh that's a big linebacker. So uh it looked really good. I was excited about the linebacker core. And Callahan O'Reilly. I mean, geez, we are we, it, they finally all that experience they've been gaining the last couple of years taking their lumps, I think they're gonna be a real solid unit for us. It's been a hot minute since we talked about the Bobcat linebacking core in positive fashion. It's yeah. we've been talking uh, when you think about the defense the last couple of years, we were like, you know, the safeties and our defensive line, the, the linebacking core has been something that's been kind of the weak spot. And now that's what we're praising today in the Bobcat yeah. brawl. So that's, that's a good sign. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. They were, they were kind of like, they've been kind of a weak spot. I wouldn't say that they're weak, but when you compare how good our defensive line and our secondary has been, like the linebacking core definitely has been the lesser of the, the the three levels there. So I'm excited to see them take that next step. Another guy I was pretty impressed with was the junior defensive, junior defensive, junior college defensive end transfer. Uh, what is his name? Ben Seymour. I thought he looked really good for being kind of an undersized guy that bringing in, I think mainly to be a pass rushing specialist. He did just that. He was in the backfield more than anybody else was. Uh, I was pretty, I thought he looked really good and I thought uh, Brody Greeby looked pretty good. I mean, if you didn't know better, you'd look down there and see a six, four, 225 pound dude wearing number 15. You think it's Troy Anderson, but Brody, Brody Greeby was the guy wearing <laughs> that number today. And I thought he looked like he has a lot of upside, a lot of potential. Yeah. I mean, in general, Thorny, the Bobcats right now are probably in the best position I've ever seen them be in. <laughs> we looked at th- this scrimmage showed me the depth that the Bobcats have that I haven't seen in <laughs> in ever. Really, it's the Kramer Kramer, ha- Kramer days, I would say. Like it's been at least at least fifteen years. But you know, Kramer's Kramer's teams were always predicated on splash players. There was, you know, okay, maybe 2002, 2003 when uh, we had the likes of Travis Lule, Kane Ione, Roger Cooper. I mean, those were some stacked teams, right? But from top to bottom, what I can remember right now as being a Bobcat fan in my tenure, this is some of the best depth I have ever seen. And we haven't even talked about special teams. I mean, how about our punter, Bryce Layton? Uh, Freshman lived up to the billing as the number one ranked punter in the country. Looked, he looked all of that in the scrimmage, man. <laughs> as we are set, Woo. don't worry about it. Four years punter, unless he decides to declare, which I've never heard of a punter doing, but <laughs> I said, Yeah, we're set there, man. Like, he, he's yeah. gonna be he pinned so many uh punts inside the 20, inside the 10 in, in that crazy windy Bobcat stadium. You gotta love it, yeah. So I walked away from the the scrimmage thinking, you know, we are in good hands. I'm I'm excited for spring ball if it happens. And and we'll talk about that in a whole nother episode. And there's some things going on right now that, well, the first domino falls, right? And we'll see what happens. So I don't even know if I'm crossing my fingers for spring ball at this moment. I'm just, I have lots of thoughts. We'll talk about that later. But I, I walked away from the scrimmage feeling pretty pleased about our depth. Not pretty pleased. I was... I'm tickled, honestly, about our depth. And I also really like the way that Montana State did it. The way that the game format felt way better than just your typical Sonny Holland scrimmage. And I thought that that captured and held my attention throughout the whole game. 
Yeah, you have to wonder if that is a little bit of just Jeff Choate knowing that, you know, we're, we're not going to get any football this this fall. <laughs> the fans are crazed for it, so let's make it as much like a game as we can. Yeah. Because it definitely got me excited for it more so than it would have been. Like, all right, let's go spot the ball on the 30, and it's third and 11. It's like, that's not as exciting. This was a running clock, teams going at it, like just a game situation. I loved it. It was it was exciting. Yeah. Kudos. So, Jeff Choke, good idea. Absolutely. Well, I think that's all I had to talk about. Yeah. Uh, man, it, fe- it feels good to be talking about some meaningful Bobcat discussion and not a whole bunch of hypotheticals and stuff like that. Nope. We saw some football. We saw, we were able to evaluate some players with our limited, tiny fan brains. It was exciting <laughs> to watch. I, I loved it. And I'm excited to see what happens in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's something that's completely up in the air right now, but you know, I guess when it really comes down to don't be it, a right? pessimist. I just I want I just want to know I just want to watch some Bobcat football. I just miss it. I miss it so much. <laughs> you know. Um so uh, to kind of come full circle, we started off with uh, the media. I'm looking at Jack Murray is his name. Jack Murray's uh Twitter account right now. That's our media specialist, the guy who puts out all these fantastic videos. He has this picture from the Austin P game, which is probably one of my favorite games I've ever seen um on the television. Not live, and it just reminds you how special Bobcat football is to all of us. And on Saturday, well, in part, we got to feel that once again, just in 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 this brief moment. And we hope this all this coronavirus goes away, and or it's probably not going to go away. But I'm not going to wax too much on it. But we need Bobcat football back in, and for a little bit, it was on Saturday. So here's to better times. Agreed. Couldn't say it better. Just miss it. Oh, all right. Well, I think that sums it up. Got anything else you want to say about the scrimmage? I was going to ask you, and let, I'm going to ask you right now, Thorny. This is a bad move on my part, but did did you have an MVP? Maybe an offensive and defensive MVP. Defensive MVP. Oh man, you know it's hard. There's so much like moving around and so many guys subbing in and out. I don't know if anyone had the stats to really say they were an offensive MVP. Um, Oof. Uh, yeah, that was a bad move. I was not prepared to answer that question whatsoever. <laughs> what do you have? I'm going to go Danny Yu on defense and Elijah Elliott on offense. Honestly, that's kind of that's what I was thinking as well. So I'll just agree with you on that one. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun, man. Glad we got to talk some football. Let's get out of here. I'd like to thank Jeremiah Johnson, our sponsor, once again, for sponsoring us to help us keep creating this content. You guys can check us out on Twitter at RRCatCast, our new website, RRCatCast.com. And it was a fun episode. I'm glad we got to talk some football. And let's just get out of here with a Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. All right. I got places to be.